It's Fantasy Baseball today, Wednesday, August 24th. What's up, everybody? We have a trade to discuss. Kelly Johnson, man, he's like, he should sponsor this show. He's always yeah. on this show. Now, now he's the lead person. Yeah, now he's the lead. He got traded to Toronto for Aaron Hill and John McDonald. Adam Azer, Scott White, Al Melchior. Al, what's up? How's it going there? Uh, going great. Can't wait to talk about Kelly Johnson again. How's wait. that AL-only playoff you're in right now? Uh, not going so well. <laughs> Thanks for asking. <laughs> this and is a notable day in the baseball season. I want to point out the first time all year I woke up, checked my leagues, not a single ad drop in any of my leagues. Wow. Telling. Really? Yes. Yeah, so people are content with their rosters or content with their or rosters or content with their seasons. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I also just learned that Scott White pays close attention to transactions. I do. I get the email alerts set up. More people need to do that. Yes. You know, you know as soon as somebody drops somebody and and it, it all goes straight to the email. It's nice and convenient. Very important thing. You know, I could really, really help you because sometimes people drop players and you're like, what? What? Really? You're when dropping? did that happen? I know yeah. right when it happens and I beat <laughs> you to them. <laughs> Okay, follow us on Twitter at CBS Fantasy BB, Facebook.com slash CBS Sports Fantasy. Tomorrow, your tweets and your Facebook comments on social media Thursday. Emails, put podcasts in the subject line, send them to DM Fantasy Baseball at CBS.com. So today, we will do the normal three up, three down rotation, look around baseball, injuries, news, and notes, but we're also going to talk about some players who could be traded this month. We still have one week before the August deadline. So still, the uh, waiver trades could go through. Here we go. Aaron Hill, John McDonald go from Toronto to Arizona. Kelly Johnson now is a Blue Jay. Let's start with Aaron Hill. Value up, value down, value the same. I think it's about the same. Uh, and really, it, it, you could kind of say that about both players because both were already in favorable hitting environments or going to other favorable hitting environments. But I, I think just the fact that both were performing so poorly in their current in environments, the change can't hurt. You know, maybe the Diamondbacks can, coaching staff can figure something out with Hill that the Blue Jays staffed in it. But for the most part, uh, this doesn't change my approach to Hill one way or the other. John McDonald, value up, value down, value the same. I think value's got to be up because uh, there is a depth issue there at shortstop for the Diamondbacks and. McDonald wasn't getting much playing time for the Blue Jays. So I think a, a little marginal uptick for McDonald and uh, somebody worth picking up in NL-only leagues. And a downtick for Willie Bloomquist? I yes. would think so. Yeah. yeah, that's probably the bigger deal because McDonald, I just don't think, is going to hit it all. In Arizona, uh, so they've got Hill and McDonald. In Toronto, they've got Kelly Johnson. Value up, value down, value the same. Are we going to talk about him every Sunday in the start sit? You know, the Blue Jays have done some interesting thing with hitters before. Obviously, Jose Bautista, the, you know, nobody knew he had something to salvage, and they made him awesome. And uh, Yunel Escobar is a pretty good success story, I think. Uh, Edwin Encarnacion looking like one. So I, I might have a little more optimism for Johnson than Hill, but it, it's still the same sort of deal. One good hitting environment to another. And actually, I read that this deal also involves a man in white to be named later going to Arizona. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, maybe <laughs> Kelly has that going for him now. Okay, I, I, they get to keep the man in white. That's good news. Kevin Kuzminoff <laughs> traded to the Rockies for a player to be named later and 
or cash. Al, does this matter? Kuzman off to the Rockies. Eventually it could. He is going to start off in AAA, but um, you know, the Rockies clearly have not been happy with Ian Stewart. They don't really have a solid option at, at third base. So uh, in September, I would be very surprised, actually, if Kuzminov didn't get uh, a trial there at third base. And he hit pretty well on the road when he was with Oakland. It's just his home splits destroyed his overall stats. So moved to, to Colorado with any playing time. He could be a force uh, in, the, in the last few weeks. Some players who could be traded this month. It's a it's a fairly difficult list to compile, but we've got four. Wandy Rodriguez, Heath Bell, Jim Tome, Jason Kubel. Who stands out there? Well, Wandy I mean, immediately is the most likely because he's already been put through the waivers process, claimed by the Rockies. So if he gets traded, we know where it's going to be, to Colorado. Uh, you know, the the Astros could pull him back. They could just give him to the Rockies and let him take his contract. Uh, so there's a lot of different ways this could go. My hunch is because the Rockies aren't in contention, they're not going to want to give anything up for him. And because the Astros already cleared a lot of payroll, they're not just going to let Wandy go. So my hunch is Wandy stays put. Uh, going to the Rockies, though, you could argue whether or not that helps us hurt or hurts his value, obviously, pitching half his games at Coors Field. Not the Astros and the, the Rockies are playing each other today, correct? I believe so, yeah. And, and Wandy is the scheduled starter for the oh, Astros. I good. would like to see him pitch consecutive halves of the inning, get traded in an inning. <laughs> I want to see that. That would be pretty funny, yes. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that that was sort of like what happened to Ubaldo Jimenez. He pitched an <laughs> inning, and then he came out, and he got traded. Unfortunately, he didn't get traded to the team he was playing. Yeah. Uh, maybe, that, maybe that can happen uh, Could he tonight. make a start for the Astros and a relief appearance for the Rockies yeah. in yeah. the same game? <laughs> <laughs> maybe he'll pinch hit or something. Heath Bell, Jim Tomei, Jason Kubel. I'm, I'm sick and tired of keeping Luke Gregerson on my roster. I can't wait for September to get here. But I feel like you have to do it if you own Heath Bell. It's funny that you mentioned that because I think Gregerson got uh, credit for a blown save last night, or at least he had a bad game at the, at the very least. So the, it's kind of an interesting conversation because with Mike Adams out of the picture, yeah. he still seems like a likely guy to go. And the Diamondbacks, here they come again into the picture, they reportedly do have interest in Bell. And Bell has been placed on waivers. So, yeah, maybe still something to keep an eye on with Gregerson. And as, as far as Bell goes, he'll stay in the NL if he goes to Arizona. So there wouldn't be uh, – well, I mean, there could be a change there because he could – Yeah, who would, who would be the closer? Role. You know, it's, I think that's up in the air. I, I wouldn't take it as a given that uh, he would replace puts. Yeah, so. that would be bad. Yeah, it would be very bad. That. Okay, and Jim Tomey and Jason Kubel, realistic? Does it matter? Tommy, there's a lot of interest around Tommy, and um, right now the report is that the most likely place for him to wind up is the White Sox, but Cleveland's also been a suitor. Um, you know, I'm not sure how much it'll impact his value. Probably a yeah. little bit in a positive direction. Okay, all right. Then let's get to the show. Three up, three down rotation. Three up number one is a guy who hit two monster home runs Tuesday out of Yankee Stadium. Brandon Allen, 21 fantasy points last week in Week 20, and he's off to a great start here in Week 21 and only owned in 13% of leagues. Scott likes Mr. Brandon Allen. I do. I feel validated here with this performance so far. 
obviously the minor league numbers, 1,000 OPS basically. You you had to feel like the A's of all organizations would appreciate that aspect of him. And, and even though it looked like he might not get regular at-bats at first, uh, um, the manager has, has backed off those statements. And it, it looks like Allen is the clear starter over Connor Jackson now. And uh, 394, two home runs, 1190 OPS in 10 games. I mean, he's, he's taking advantage of the opportunity. Pick him up, maybe. Deep leagues? Or? Deep leagues for now. but uh, Only 13% increase. ownership. Yeah. Okay. You don't have to feel validated. We, we love you no matter what, Scott. Don't <laughs> worry about it. Seth Smith is three up number two. He hit a home run estimated at 478 feet. He also stole his seventh base. Three home runs in six games for Seth Smith, who is owned in half of our leagues. And another interesting twist in the, the Wandy-related saga. So Wandy is a lefty starting today against Colorado. Yeah. Will Smith sit? Be interesting to see. Yeah. But even when he's playing, he is uh, really contributing. And he's only owning half our leagues. Would you rather have it's, Smith or, or Kyle Blanks? I'd, I'd rather have Kyle Blanks, I think, his performance. I, I don't know. I, I feel like the upside is higher, and you know he's going to play regularly. Smith's still splitting time with Eric Young. And I just feel like we've been through this so many times with Smith. Even when he gets regular playing time, he, he messes it up. Mm-hmm. And he'll, he'll always be in this role, and, and that's never going to be quite good enough to start in most in standard leagues, I don't think. Al, you have any interest in Alejandro de Aza? He is third and three up. He's hitting 316 for the White Sox, and he has stolen a base in each of his last two games. Hardly owned. Yeah, and this is a guy who can hit for average and can score runs, can steal bases, uh, but I still wouldn't trust him outside of AL only. I would want him in those formats. You would? I would absolutely want him in those formats, but um, I just still don't trust the playing time situation for Diaz. So this might be a silly question. Utility spot here. Brandon Allen, Deaza. Allen. Yeah. Allen, yeah, again, 13% ownership. Three down. Brian McCann is first and three down. Five hits in nine games since coming back from the DL. He does have a couple of home runs. Any concerns at all about McCann? No, I don't have any. It, you could just attribute it to Rust after the time he missed with the oblique injury. I don't think, you know, if he was still hurting from that, I don't think he'd be playing. So... Uh, he's going to be fine, and he's having, you know, one of the best seasons of his career, so keep him active in all leagues. Colby Rasmus is three down number two. First of all, he has a jammed right wrist, so that's a bit of a concern. But he, he homered twice. He homered in back-to-back games last week, and he's 0 for 13 since then. Still owned in 86% of leagues. Al, you still have hope for him? Some hope, but... Um... Still the inconsistency there with Rasmus. I don't know that he'll ever be a guy that's going to consistently hit for average, but I love the move to Toronto for his power. You know, I think you'll see more of those uh, stretches where he'll, he'll give you a lot of home runs. All right, three down number three is actually me because I think three down number three was supposed to be in three up, and I put him in three down. And <laughs> <laughs> so three up number four is Rod Barajas. He homered twice. He has 14, not bad for a catcher. He's owned in 12% of leagues. Four home runs since the 18th of August. Any value here with Rod Barajas? Yeah, this really isn't anything new for Barajas. He's, he's always had above-average power. It's just that batting average we see there, 239 this year. It's, it's always down in that range and doesn't get on base at all. And that's why number, numbers like that are important because even with all the home runs— 
the production really isn't there fantasy-wise. Well, then I guess that's why he's in three down. <laughs> well, yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay, moving on to the rotation here. And we're going to start looking forward to next year a little bit more as we move on through our shows uh, through the year. But Vance Worley struck out nine Mets in seven innings. He allowed one run. Obviously, you're starting Vance Worley right now. I think – did you guys see the stat this morning? The Braves have won like the last 12 games that he's pitched – Something like that. It's, the Braves have? I'm sorry, the Phillies. I like, that's really a good trick. Yeah, yeah. I know, right? Uh, I think the Braves should trade for him. <laughs> <laughs> when Vance Worley pitches, the Braves bring their A game. But anyway, in keeper leagues, is this, are you buying this guy for next year? Not to this degree. I mean, he's good, and, and he's shown some clear improvement this season. But I sort of liken him in a way to uh, Yuli Chassin in that Chassin's a really good pitcher who still managed to overperform last season. I think he came in this year with a little bit too much hype. So, you know, I, and I do think Shashin's a, a much better pitcher than Worley, so I'm not comparing them as equal pitchers, but I'm just saying in terms of he's a good pitcher that will, I think, likely be overrated and maybe protected in too many leagues this year. All right. Ian Kennedy, that's a guy you're going to want to keep. Is he an ace next year? It's, it's a tricky term, that ace. Yeah, I saw Kennedy... You know, he won last night, record up to 16-4. and four. You're thinking, okay, this guy, uh, he's going to get some Cy Young votes. Yeah. He's, he's right there in the race. And he's number eight in head-to-head leagues, so you could argue he's an ace now. But I, still, I look at the numbers and 7.7 strikeouts per nine. I think the whip's over 1.1. Very good numbers, but still not up there with the Cliff Lees and the, you know, uh, you know, not with like CC Sabathia innings wise, Roy Halladay, that that group. I, and and if he's not in that group, then does he fit this definition of ace? Uh, I'm not willing to go that far with him. Very good is going to be probably a good number two option for you next year. That said, I I feel like a, a good comparison with Kennedy in the direction he's going is Dan Heron, who uh, was a good pitcher for the Athletics and then suddenly became this ace with the Diamondbacks. Maybe Kennedy can follow that same route in the next couple of years here. I like the comparison a lot. Um, I think, you know, similar stat profiles, skill profiles. Um, so I like the comparison with Her- Heron a lot. And, I, you know, I agree with you, Scott, that going into next year, I would see Kennedy as a solid number two guy. But I, I don't think it's ridiculous to have this conversation. When I did that study a week ago on pitchers and consistency, Kennedy was right up there at the the top of the graph with Halliday, and I think Lee was the other one, but he was like the third, the pitcher who had the the most consistency in terms of excellent starts, um, you know, compared to just about anybody. So uh, he could be an ace maybe as soon as next year. Bruce Chen is third in the rotation, four and one with a three six eight ERA in August. But check out the teams he's beaten: Detroit, Chicago. The Yankees and Toronto, and he struck out nine Blue Jays Tuesday. So he has had some tough competition in August, and he's 4-1, 3-6 ERA, owned in 20% of leagues, and he's RP eligible. And I started him in the podcast league this Ooh. week because he's RP eligible, and I am feeling very, very Validated. lucky. <laughs> lucky is the word I was looking for there. I didn't want to start him. I felt like he was the best I could do, and I was crossing my fingers and praying he'd have a – he wouldn't get bombed, and then he ends up having this near 30-point start. So that, I think, says it all for me, that even though he got had a good start, even though he's had a few 
decent starts here. Uh, he's still not somebody I feel like you can trust. Can you trust Brandon McCarthy? He pitched very well in Yankee Stadium. Three runs over seven and two-thirds, six strikeouts, but didn't allow a run until that eighth inning. He's only owned in 40% of leagues. And anybody who started McCarthy this week, they really uh, you know, get, get a lot of credit. Yeah. That took, that took some serious, can I say this, took some stones to do that <laughs> this week that. because he not now, he made it through, ran through the gauntlet against the Yankees. His next start at Boston, that's his two start week this week. So I did not have the guts to make him a viable stadium mixed league guy in the pitching planner. This you didn't week have the stones. I did not have it, <laughs> not even just to put it in writing, much less to put it in my rotation. So, um, we'll see how he does against Boston, but McCarthy's been, Better, he's been good much more often than than uh, bad is what I'm trying to say uh, for most of the season. So this shouldn't shouldn't have come as a complete surprise. Yeah, I guess if he gets to that Boston start and does well, then you've got a decision to make about picking him up. Yeah, uh, Alfredo Simone he pitched a career high eight innings. He allowed one run on three hits against the Twins with eight strikeouts. He had been pretty bad in his previous three starts. So do you care about this start from Alfredo Simone? He's had a few starts like this. That this this year where you just look at the stat line and you're like, really, Simone? Yeah. He uh-huh. did that, and and I think he had a run earlier in the year where it was a few in a row. He did, but still, obviously, just not near the consistency you're looking for. And and I don't I don't think this is really the kind of pitcher he is. So we go to the injuries now. Injuries news and notes. Alex Rodriguez. I know owners are frustrated. Now he's dealing with a thumb injury. He missed Tuesday's game. He says he's day to day. Hopes to be back today. Cole Hamels is on the DL, but this is not terrible, terrible news unless you started him this week, in which case it is pretty bad news. But he's eligible to come off Sunday, scheduled to pitch Monday. So he's in line to be a two-star pitcher next week, right? That is correct. All right. Uh, Carlos Beltran back for the Giants. He pinch hit in the loss. Boy, it seems like those two teams, the Diamondbacks and Giants, just don't want to win that uh, that NL West. No, it doesn't. And getting to Beltran specifically... He comes back from the DL and pinch hits. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't think that's a good sign. I, I don't think he's confident he's healthy. The Giants are confident he's healthy, so I would not be confident in his return if I owned him in fantasy. Adam Jones is sick. He left Tuesday's game. Justin Upton left Tuesday's game after being hit by a pitch on the elbow. So you're going to want to check up on Jones and Upton, especially in daily leagues. Any concerns about Ryan, Ryan Howard dealing with bursitis in his left foot? He's saying it may just be a couple of days, um, and I do have some concerns, and, and I think he's had an injury in this foot. Uh, I think he had one last year. So, in fact, this may even be that one that he made the comment that it lingers, uh, the injuries linger, like the cranberries. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that said, a lot of times players do soft pedal. The organization may even soft pedal an injury like this. Um, so let's see where he is in a couple of days. I'm not completely sure I'm buying. He'll be back all that quickly. Yeah. Or uh, bursitis in the foot, David yeah. Ortiz. Yeah, that's yeah. the same thing he's dealing with. I don't know if it's the same part of the foot, but yeah, same sure. basic injury. Jonathan East to the DL. He has a rib strain. He may be out for the season. Uh, Jonathan Sanchez to the DL, Al. Yeah, this is uh, it's sort of a little bit like that Hamels move. It's more sort of uh, just a tinkering with the rotation move than any signal that he's had a setback. Um, Sanchez was not going to be able to make his next start, so they retroactively DL'd him, and he'll most likely just make a, a start a few days later. And what's the latest on Tommy Hansen? Yesterday he had to cancel his bullpen session. 
Yeah, he threw, I think it was literally 10 pitches on Monday, sort of a mini session, just saying he wanted to feel what it was like to get back out there, do a full session on Tuesday, and then he never never got on the mound uh, because of some shoulder soreness, and that does not sound good at all. So Mike Miner, somebody to keep an eye on now. That is great, yeah. Okay. More from around baseball before we quick pitch. Two home runs for Adrian Gonzalez. That is a very, very good sign. He had hit just one home run in 39 previous games. So do you kind of breathe a sigh of relief there with Adrian Gonzalez? Yeah, I think so. I I mean, I wasn't that concerned to begin with, but obviously now I'm 0% concerned. Okay, AL MVP. Go. AL MVP. That's not a quick answer you're looking for. I am looking for a quick answer. I know. <laughs> Al? Uh, I mean, Gonzalez is in the discussion, and uh, I normally don't go with pitchers, but I think you got to look at Justin Verlander, too. I don't. Yeah. I don't, I, because I don't even think he's been that much better than Jared Weaver. You yeah, know, he's been better, I, I don't, I don't, but not that much better. I'm not one of those who, who typically gives MVP awards to pitchers because I feel like they already have the award. I understand it's not exactly the same terminology, but you no. know a pitcher's getting something big already. It so has to be like to a, a ridiculous year to yeah. give the pitcher the MVP. Yeah. And, Jose, uh, I think for me it's between Jose Bautista and Curtis Granderson. No. I would lean toward Bautista. Bautista but, hasn't really done much since, since you know, that ridiculous start. But it was— He's faded. He's and done. He's done a Granderson lot. It, has strike, strikes out too much. And faded his faded is, is too strong of a term for what's happened to Bautista. He slowed down a little. He's faded from MVP discussion. Eh, I don't think so. His numbers are still. He, he leads all of baseball in like three categories. I think. Yeah. I, I, and I just think he's he's the best player. He has been the best player this year. He might be the best player in fantasy going into next year. Number one overall pick still. I think he's in that discussion. And even though the Blue Jays aren't in contention, I don't know. I still have a big question over over the term value and what does it mean. I mean, obviously, uh, if, a, if a good team, a player for a good team is is responsible for part of the reason that they are a good team. But still, value... You know, a, if a valuable player on a bad team, it's going to be a much worse team without him too. So it, it's still value. I, I just there's a lot of, I don't know. It's not a very clear cut system. No, it's not. Everybody's got their own idea of what it means. But I do go along the same lines of what, how much value does the player add to the team? Which is why I would be willing to consider Verlander as a candidate. Um, you know, Granderson. I think statistically, I think you can make the case that he's the best player. But you know, how much difference does he make on that that Yankee team? It's he makes a, a lot of difference. Yeah, I mean, they're not in the playoffs without Granderson, I don't think. But I don't know. Are they like seven games worse? Because they have a pretty big lead. Uh, okay, I, 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 my three candidates are all on the Red Sox. I think it's either Pedroia. And I had said Pedroia a few weeks ago, but I think I'd have to take that back because I, I was not taking into consideration how bad he started the season. I think that goes against him. So to me, it's Ellsbury or Gonzalez. And I think I would actually go with Kobe Ellsbury. Yeah. He's got he would so be many big th- He would hits. be number three for me right now. Okay. All right. Good discussion, guys. Good discussion. Tomorrow we'll rant about the NL. <laughs> Maybe. Jason Hayward had three hits, including a grand slam. His first ever. This was after we were like, drop Jason yeah, Hayward. That was, that was the day after I said we can give up on his 2011. Uh, same and day. Same day. The yeah, the same day. After. Just yeah, later the in night, the day. Right. Another podcast oh, listener. I know. I know. Yeah. And, and to me... Like I, I know he had some home runs here and there 
during this cold streak. I didn't see most of them, but the one he hit yesterday, it was kind of to, to left center. Um, I know one of his singles was a hard hit to left field. It, it's a good sign seeing him go the other way because a lot of people feel like his struggles were just a matter of him trying to swing Pull. as hard as he could and, yeah. and hit as many home runs as he could. Chris Perez took a loss Monday, then blew a save Tuesday, yet he ended up with a win because that's how baseball works. Concerned at all about Chris Perez? Not more than before, and there were some signs before. In fact, we talked about this. I think yeah. about a week ago we called him flaky. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's a little bit of the flakiness there. And, I mean, really, you know, when I say flaky, it's it's that – Statistically, he's just a really different pitcher this year than he was last year, so it's kind of hard to peg him down as, you know, what kind of closer is he? But he hasn't been a big strikeout guy this year. And in the ninth inning, you know, facing some good bats and you, you're not punching guys out, you're, you're a liability sometimes. Clayton Kershaw, 8-1 and one with a one two one ERA in his last nine starts. I'm going to go ahead and say start him. Uh, Mets first baseman Nick Evans doubled and tripled. Will he get more playing time? Could he be a deep league sleeper? Yes, yes, he could. Um, now that uh, looks like Lucas Duda will probably be spending more time in the outfield, uh, maybe than first base down the stretch. Uh, that would open the door for Evans to at least get semi-regular bats at first base. And there is some potential there. It's just we haven't really seen him show it in, in the major leagues. But in the minor leagues, there's some power potential. All right, we'll keep an eye on Nick Evans. So, John Mayberry Jr., Scott, yesterday's quick pitch. Yeah. This guy backed up what he, we said yesterday. He uh, He's the anti-Jason Hayward and another home run. I think that's just another reason to think he might be a full-timer over Raul Ibanez down the stretch. That's, yeah. That's my hope. Anyway. He played first yesterday with Ryan Howard out. Ibanez yeah. played as well. but yeah. Charlie Manuel has said as much that uh, he's going to get more starts over Abanias, even when Abanias is healthy. All right. Sounds good. What do you guys make of Zach McAllister getting rocked by Seattle? He's not really fantasy relevant, but... No, so I don't make anything of it. That's kind of what I... Well, I mean, it was Seattle, but I just don't think twice about uh, a quadruple-A pitcher getting rocked. And Kyle Loesch, you said sit, right, Was that too harsh, quadruple-A player? No, I think that's right on the money for McAllister. Loesch was coming off of good... Two good starts in a row, and you said, no, you don't trust them, and he got crushed by the Dodgers, eight earned runs in three innings. He might be the most overowned player in fantasy baseball, 84%. I can't think of somebody who would be more overowned. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm taking all uh, nominations right Derek now. Derek Lowe. Yeah. is worse. What, yeah. Well, well, what makes me – because Loesch had like two or three good starts in a row. Right. And uh, a week against the Dodgers-Pirates looks like two good matchups. What did you have him – would you have Lowe's in the hitting planner? Uh, curiosity. The pitching planner, me. Um, I had him as deeper league start. Deeper league start. Yeah. Garza. Uh, Michael Herkham here, when we were going through his lineup the other day, I referred to that yesterday. Yeah. He had Lowe's over Matt Garza, and I sided with him because the matchups look so favorable, even though I, I really, I don't know. I still wonder if I would have started Garza over Loesch on my own team and that I just didn't feel like I could recommend it because if Loesch ended up with two wins, I'd feel like yeah. a jerk. Oh, I get to make fun of her now, though. I guess. I hope he doesn't lose because of it. He got re- he got referenced on the Fantasy Football Podcast today, too. Man, he's all over the place. He is King a- of all media. And Alex White, guys, not good for the Rockies. Six innings, five earned runs. And I did say he was intriguing this week. I liked him better for next week when he has two starts. And I'm 
I would still consider him. We'll see. Uh, I guess I need to start looking at my lineups for next week, and he may be a two-start option still. He was pretty decent through the first five innings of that game against the Astros. Gave up two two-run homer in the sixth inning, which sort of ruined his line. Uh, the thing you got to worry about with White is, you know, the move to Colorado. Yeah. And even though he's a really good ground ball pitcher and got a bunch of ground ball outs in that game, the risk was uh, apparent on uh, on Tuesday night. Let's quick pitch or long toss, depending depending on the analysis. Uh, quick pitch AL player for Al is Alex Avila. Yeah, a lot of A's and L's there. There is Al's AL Alex Avila. I, I, I'm running out of A's. All right, so I will try to make this a quicker pitch because it's it's really simple here. Uh, Vila slumped uh, through July. Looked like okay, maybe this guy is overmatched. You know, the inexperience is showing up, or maybe just getting tired after you know so many starts behind the plate. Take all those excuses, throw them out. Looks like it was just a slump last month because in August he has more fantasy points than any other catcher. His slash line, 416 batting average, 533 on base percentage, 750 slugging. Those are good numbers. So (laughs) he really is an elite fantasy catcher as far as I'm concerned. His on-base percentage now, for the year, it's close to 400. He's he's really, really uh, seems to be getting better. He's the kind of guy that... As I look at the box scores every day, he just always shows up with something. You know, there's hardly ever an 0 for 4 or whatever. Where he scores a run or he draws a walk or something. Really good player. And, of course, I mean, I was skeptical. Just It's not like he has a track record. You didn't want him on the All-Star team. I didn't. Oh, You're like, right. why are we watching Alex Avila? That's <laughs> I true. I want somebody good. And one, one more comment making this more of a... Wilson, man. <laughs> <laughs> Who's also been good lately. Yeah, pretty darn good. Uh, yeah, Avila, one more thing to make this now more of a long toss. Uh, that he is almost universally owned and started right now. So this is really more of something just to bear eh, in mind for those keeper decisions. That's fine. That's fine. I like it. Scott's AL player is Kyle Seeger. Not owned or started at all. So I'm, I'm kind of the juxtaposition here. Kyle Seeger came up as a third baseman. But he started two of the last four games at shortstop for the Mariners, including one of the two in the doubleheader. I didn't even know he could play shortstop. He hadn't played it much in the minors, uh, but clearly he's getting some at-bats there now. And that changes everything for me as far as how I view him. Um, The main reason I didn't like him so much was the lack of pop. But Seager did hit 328 in the minors. I mean, he's a capable hitter, clearly, and, he, and he's showing it now in the major leagues with three hits in both games of the doubleheader. 481 with two homers now in his last seven games. So he he seems to be uh, seems to be figuring it out. Seems to be proving he can he can uh, be the same sort of player in the majors. Three games total now at shortstop. So two more. You know, with all the injuries we've talked about yeah. with Jimmy Rollins, Jose oh, Reyes, huge. A, a lot of need at shortstop. If, if Seager gets two more games there, I'm not saying he's going to be a, a guy who single-handedly wins you games, but compared to some of the other options on waivers, I think he could be a pretty good one. You like him better than Plouffe? They, I would probably put them about in the same category. Al's NL player is Jaime Garcia. Yeah, and a common question that we have been getting the last couple of weeks is, what's wrong with Jaime Garcia? So I'm going to try to answer that question. Um, but the the overall picture is the last five starts, a 5.60 ERA. So definitely in an extended slump now. And the last two 
starts are the ones that really have been troubling to me because Garcia has been a really good ground ball pitcher ever since coming up to the major leagues. But in the last two starts, more fly balls than ground balls. And that's, you know, that's just not his usual uh, formula and only four strikeouts. And that's over 11 and a third innings. So, and also over those 11 and a third innings, 15 line drives hit off of him too. Not, not all of those have been base hits, but that's never a good sign. So there's just a lot of things in those last two starts that look awfully bad. And I can't help but remember that he was shut down early last season because of fatigue. And I wonder if, you know, he's still getting used to, you know, pitching into the dog days and, and, piling up those big in innings. He does face the Dodgers on Wednesday afternoon, so this is a good little test to see uh, if the slump continues. And if it does, I think he's somebody you may have to think about benching next week. Scott's National League player is Logan Morrison. He's coming back. He is he coming tweeted back. That. But, yeah, he, he kind of announced it himself there on Twitter, which I don't know if that – that shows how much that demotion accomplished. Yeah. So, so let, me, let me ask you, what was the reason the Marlins gave for sending Morrison down? I don't remember specifically. Was they, it just a maturity thing? Well, they said he was hitting about 240. That oh. was their excuse. They said he needed they, to learn to be a major leaguer in all aspects of the game. Right. And they and they pointed to that 240 batting average many times in, in their uh, comments. Logan Morrison was optioned on August 13th. He had to spend 10 days in the minors before he could get called back up, which means he's getting called back up exactly 10 days later after hitting... 167 with a 597 OPS in six games. So clearly he didn't do anything to improve himself batting average-wise. They're sending him a message. It's so transparent they're sending him a message. I don't even know why they try to deny it. If I was him, I mean, if it's that obvious to me and I'm angry about it, I would be angry as Logan Morrison uh, connecting all those dots. He, They acted like it was a performance thing. And it yeah, but maybe wasn't. they were doing that. Because they didn't want to embarrass him. You know, you have to come out and say the kid's a baby. Okay, but they, based on what Lomo told the media, that's not what they said to Lomo himself. It it, it wasn't an embarrassment issue. It was a not being straight with the guy issue. So what bringing this all back to fantasy, I'm interested in seeing how he responds to the anger, if it motivates him to have the best finish he possibly can or if he uh, ends up doing kind of what he did in the minors, hitting 167 and and slumping his way out of fantasy relevance. Right now, I'm happy he's coming up. If he's unowned, I'm picking him up. Uh, But it'll be interesting to see. The Marlins have a doubleheader here Wednesday. Maybe he'll play both games and hit four home runs. I don't know. But it, it's something interesting him, to watch. Send him a direct message on Twitter and ask him what he's what he's going to do, what his attitude's going to be like. Uh, would you rather have Lomo or Seth Smith? I would rather have Lomo. Al? Lomo, mostly because of playing time. Here we go. A few emails to read here at dmfantasybaseball at cbs.com. Gonzalo in Bethesda, Maryland. Dear Fantasy All-Stars, how would you rank the following waiver wire and currently owned pitchers for the rest of the season? It's an 11-team Roto Dynasty League, 6 by 6 with OPS and holds. Uh, rank these guys. Beachy, Danks, Dempster, Kobe Lewis, Ogando, Worley. Beachy, Danks, Dempster, Kobe Lewis, Ogando, Worley. A lot of very similar pitchers. I think I'm still going to put Lewis number one, even though he had a rough start Tuesday. I'll go Beachy to uh, Ogando. Uh, Ogando three, Dempster four, but they're very close. 
than Worley and Danks, because Danks has been kind of hit or miss recently. Wow, we differ greatly here. I'm going Beachy, Dempster, Danks, Lewis, Ogando, Worley. I think that probably just shows how bunched together they are, if we're going to disagree that much. Yeah, I would say one through four are bunched, and then some space between Lewis and Ogando, and more space between Ogando and Worley. Okay. Jimmy in Chicago, dear fantasy breadwinners, this is my first year playing fantasy baseball, and I currently sit in first place. All right, Jimmy, way to go. Going into the playoffs, I want to make sure I have the best hitters for my team. It's a 10-team, 7-by-6 head-to-head league. I could use help in everything but stolen bases. Which two of the following should I have on my team? Position does not matter. So pick two here. Shinsu Chu, Nick Markakis, Justin Morneau. Jason Wirth, Michael Kadire, Brett Laurie, Aaron Hill, Vernon Wells, Angel Pagan, Shinsu Chu, Marcakis, Morneau, Wirth, Kadire, Laurie, Hill, Wells, Pagan. Okay, and I see nothing here about keepers, right? Correct. So we're talking about home home stretch. There's only three options to consider, I think, if, if steals aren't a priority. Pagan would be a fourth if steals were a priority. But the three I see are Chu, Marcakis, Kadire, and uh, nobody else really worth considering. Uh, yeah, thought a little bit about Laurie, um, and obviously if there were keeper consideration, that would not be, even be something to think about. But yes, I agree. Chu, Marcakis, Kadire. We got to narrow it down to two, though. It's the problem. Oh, okay. I'll uh, go Chu and Kadire because Marcakis isn't going to give you much power, and if you need Kadire to fill a hole at second or first, he's got that versatility mm-hmm. there. If, if injuries spring up later. So, so agree completely. Yeah. Yes, Chu and Kadai. Look at that, guys. What I checked on my little paper. That's what Adam wanted. Chu and Kadai. Nice. Dear Fantasy Smurf, says Charles Leroy in San Diego. Keeper question. 12-team points league. No penalty for strikeouts for hitters. Please rank the following for a final keeper spot. I'm already keeping Bautista, Carlos Santana, and Beachy. Scott Baker for $6. You know what? They're all the same price. Um, Scott Baker six and everybody else is five. Scott Baker, Jason Kipnis, Matt Moore, Jesus Montero, Paul Goldschmidt. I think I'm going Kipnis here, um, and it's close between him and Baker. Moore is a tremendous prospect, but I'd rather go with somebody who's a little bit more proven already. So Kipnis it is for me. Finally, would you drop Liriano for any of these guys to stash when your starting rotation includes Hamels, Kane, Beachy, well, did I miss the – what did I miss here? Because his, ha- his rotation is Hamels, Kane, Beachy, Lewis, Garza, Dempster, and Bartolo Colon. Uh, I think he wants us to if, – if Liriano is the right guy to drop of that bunch, okay. oh. I think is what he's asking. All right, so would you drop Liriano or Colon, Dempster, Garza, Lewis? Well, I, I, Cologne, would, drop, God, I would drop Colon, <laughs> as I've said many times already, I think – um, he's not able to pitch deep in games anymore. He's getting hit hard. He's he's just tired, I think. And uh, it showed even with the favorable matchup Tuesday. Yeah. Oh, against... God. We all were like, yeah, you can start him. Scott, I, Scott originally, I, I think we convinced Scott, right? Yeah. I still didn't start him in the league I had no, that's him, good but I, I did kind of back off after saying I originally wouldn't start him. And now I'm coming around to your guys' way of thinking that uh, that was pretty miserable, and I think it's two miserable starts in a row for Cologne, so... Uh, it's close. A lot of not good starts in a row. More than just two, but, but yeah, maybe two miserable. Two miserable So which ones. one would you drop, Liriano or Cologne? I would drop Cologne. 
You know, I would for the same reasons that Scott mentioned. I don't worry about Liriano being tired. I worry about him being wild. But I think that fatigue is not going to be an issue for him. Cologne might. You're right. He he may just be shot for the year. Chris in Los Angeles. Dear Fantasy Worthwhilers, please rank these players for a head-to-head total points league for the rest of the season for my utility position. And which of these guys would you feel comfortable comfortable getting and leaving in your lineup regardless of matchup? Or do you think I could do better streaming them from week to week? Adam Lind, Juan Pierre, Desmond Jennings, Kyle Blanks, Jose Tabata, Brett Gardner, Jason Worth. Wow, some good players here. Lind, Pierre, Jennings, Blanks, Tabata, Gardner, Worth. I haven't looked at Gardner in a while. Meh. He, I feel like he should be high on the list. Um, you know, he just does not play that well when he's hitting at the top of the order. It's very yeah. strange. Jennings, Lind, and Gardner are the three names that stand out as the highest to me. Lind hasn't been great recently, so I think I might actually rank up third of that group. Uh, and, and I might actually go Jennings first now. He really hasn't done anything to discourage me no me neither um i think i probably still would would give gardner a slight edge but it's real close between gardner and jennings and i'm not even so sure i'd go lynn third he really hasn't done much lately um i like blanks a lot and i do i like blanks and and i think tabata could finish strong uh what about worth still on the worth and and actually you know what right now i would like worth better than lind so Lind so, is pretty close to the bottom there. Okay. And, and so is Pierre for me in, in a head-to-head league. You know, I'm not, I'm not quite sure what's going to happen with Gardner when A-Rod is back playing almost every day. I think they'll probably move him down in the order back to eight or nine uh, because I don't think you want to mess. Well, I guess I can see them going Gardner, Jeter, Granderson, Teixeira, A-Rod, Cano. Yeah. I yeah. just haven't had reason to talk about Gardner much lately, yeah. so I need to look at the week-by-week breakdown. I, I feel like he hasn't been great, but I'm not sure if he's been. I think he's a little streaky. Yeah. I do think... we do we have time? Because I can look that up real quick. I think no, we have like can't. a minute. Logged out. What are you talking about? We, we've can... got about 30 seconds. I'm going to start oh. wrapping up the show. All right, we'll see. It's a race. Tomorrow time is here. social media Thursday. Twitter is at CBS Fantasy BB. Facebook.com slash CBS Sports Fantasy. Uh, we'll get to your tweets and your Facebook questions. So send us an email at dmfantasybaseball at cbs.com. So we're back tomorrow. Then Sunday starts it. So how's everybody else feeling today? Scott, what's going on? Awesome. What do you I got think there, I'm going to win in the podcast. Please. Yeah. Uh, we got a program that's loading a little too slow. But... All right. Brett Gardner can wait. All right. Tomorrow, Brett Gardner. He'll be in three up or three down, depending on what he does today. All right. Okay. That's a Sounds promise. Good. That's a promise to our listeners. <laughs> See you later, everybody. Thanks for tuning in.